No Plan Go is a golf news podcast series in association with Pfizer. Learn more at www.golfnews.com slash no-plan-go. Hello and welcome to the Golf News podcast series, No Plan Go. Protect yourself from respiratory infections in association with Pfizer. I'm Lachlan Kitchen, your host for the series, and today we'll be discussing the prevalence of respiratory diseases in the region and their impact on viral respiratory infections. Respiratory diseases affect the airwaves and other structures of the lungs. They are a concern worldwide, and the Gulf region is no exception. In this episode, we'll explore the common respiratory infections, as well as the complex respiratory diseases in the region, and whether people here are at increased risk of viral respiratory infections. We'll find out what the preventative and proactive steps are to help reduce these risks. Joining me today in conversation is Dr. Syed Hussain. Dr. Hussain is an experienced consultant respiratory physician with more than three decades of clinical experience working in the United Kingdom in the National Health Service. He completed his bachelor's degree in medicine and surgery in 1988, then did his MRCP UK in 1996, and was awarded the fellowship by the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons UK and the Fellowship College of Chess Physicians USA. Currently, Dr. Hussain is the lead consultant pulmonologist at King's College Hospital, London, Dubai, with special interest in interventional pulmonology. He's also the Associate Professor of Pulmonology Adjunct at Mohammed bin Rashid University of Medicine and Health Sciences. Doctor, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for inviting me for this very important discussion on a subject which is dear to me. Thank you for that. Uh, Doctor, what is your definition of a respiratory disease and what are the most common ones we find? Yeah, any disease um, that affects the lung or the breathing would be, uh, um, you know, casted as being a respiratory illness. Now, my experience in UAE, I've been working here for about two years, and I've seen commonly that the environmental factor has a big part to play in the diseases we see. So we see um, because the dust um, in the atmosphere can affect uh, people. So we see a lot of people with cough, chronic cough, with asthma, which could be because of allergy to the dust. And then we see other problems as well. We see obesity-related problems with obstructive sleep apnea. We see other problems like bronchitis, which again could be after a viral illness. And we also see other uh, problems which are smoking-related. So there is a spectrum of disease we see, but on top of my list in respiratory diseases I've been seeing, I would say allergy in the airways and, and, and environmental factors, dust-related allergy and asthma. So you've spent a lot of time in the UK and you're saying how you've now been in this region for two years. Can, can you focus a bit more about the Gulf region and the UAE in particular? Yeah. Those environmental factors uh, is causing a change, but... How are the diseases and the types of respiratory diseases different in this region compared to the other parts of the world? I mean, let's talk about the Gulf region because the climatic condition, atmospheric condition is very similar. So we see asthma about 7.6% in the population if you talk about the Gulf region. But when we come to UAE, uh, the incidence that is reported is about 10.7% or 10.3%. And and I think the, the reality is that there is more than what we are quoting here. So there is a lot of allergy in the airways because of the atmospheric condition, because of the dust that we, we have to inhale sometime. So if you're saying there's a, a worldwide average of 
7%, and this region it's 2 or 3%. We're talking about higher. Gulf. We're talking the Gulf about Gulf region's statistics, 10. yeah. The, the, the Gulf statistics would say about 7.6. When we talk about the UAE incidents, would say 10.3%. But that, I would feel, is an underestimate of the UAE situation, having worked here for about two years now. Well, that's it's good to have you in the region then for that reason. But for many people that may be suffering from asthma or bronchitis or other respiratory infections, what is the best way to treat and manage a condition like that? Yeah, I mean, the problem is that um, viral illnesses is a separate uh, discussion and bacterial illnesses are very different discussions, but they could be an overlap. People get viral illnesses first and these viral illnesses could lead to bacterial illnesses or pneumonias. So... Um, again, you know, there has to be some strategy to try and prevent these infections happening, especially those patients who are high-risk patients. If they get these viral illnesses, they would do badly. One of them would be asthmatics. The second group would be diabetic group. The third group would be cardiovascular disease group. So these patients, when they get the viral illnesses, they will have more problem and they are prone to having more of viral illnesses. So awareness about the uh, disease and illnesses and the viral infection is very important. When it comes to viral respiratory infections, uh, what are the most prominent ones that we're finding yeah. in the Gulf region? Yeah. So in my clinic, when I see patients coming with um, a cough as a presentation and they have fever, now fever is very important to be be checking in, in today's day and age. So the things I would arrange for these patients is, apart from looking for bacterial infection, having a chest x-ray done, uh, blood tests, including CRP and white cell count, I would also do a nasal swab. I will also do a PCR test for them and we will check for influenza A and influenza B, which is very prevalent viral infections in the UAE. Along with that, we have still the possibility of COVID is very much there. So we would do these nasal swabs for people who are coming with fevers into the clinic and we take adequate precautions, including wearing the the N95 mask and washing our hands and taking hygienic precautions as well. So the advice for these patients would be to have some rest at home after seeing a clinician or after being um, checked up, including a chest x-ray. Now, chest x-ray shows pneumonia, then an antibiotics needed or this element of a bacterial infection, then we give antibiotics. But if it's a viral illness, it has to be treated in a different way. The important thing is to make sure that they are resting at home, having adequate amount of fluids, adequate amount of hydration, but again, that the infection is not spread around because we see that a lot of my asthmatic patients do develop recurrent chest infection and it all comes to the nursery kids bringing it into the home. So I think a general awareness about uh, how to protect uh, infection spreading around is very important. We saw that in the COVID epi- epi- uh, you know, epidemic that we were using uh, a shield to, to not let the cough particles go out because the particles is the way it, it is spread around. So sometimes touching objects can also spread these viruses. So it's very important to have good cleaning, disinfecting measures, good hygiene measures, good hand washing and cleaning measures at home. Making sure that the infection is not spread around is very important because when the schools open up, the the viral illnesses goes up in UAE and this is published statistical data which suggests that from October to February, the time of flu is very high. The viral illnesses are very high. So uh, the viral illnesses usually settle within a week. Maximum, it takes two weeks to settle. When it comes to to the Gulf region, what do you find are the unique factors when it comes to um, the spreading or, or, or the symptoms of the disease? 
I think, you know, the atmospheric pollution has an important part to play. I agree with you. And I'm seeing more the incidence of people coming with cough and more coming with asthma, which is allergy in the airways. So what exactly happens is that that sometimes like we get dust storms in the region. And when the dust storm is happening, we see the number of asthmatics coming to our clinic go up. And this is very much related. So so the air pollution and air quality is very important. And, and if people have to go out and if they have dust allergy, then they should wear some mask or adequate protection because these particles, when they go into the airways, would cause an allergic type of reaction. Very different than what I would seen in UK where it would be the pollen that goes in the airways and causes the allergic reaction. Here I see more that the dust, when it's inhaled, can do these allergic reactions. Having said that, there are other things we still have to understand that pets in the house could still be related with allergic um, asthma and allergic conditions. And especially here in UAE, I noticed that the vents have a very important role, the air conditioning vents. If the vents are not cleaned properly, then they would have molding, they would have fungus, and that would make asthma condition worse. So I think there's a very big role of education and uh, understanding about the respiratory illnesses and also the spread of the viral illnesses. And I think both needs to be addressed. So there are some protective measures to protect yourself against being exposed to dusty environments and getting uh, dust-related allergy, like especially in July, August, the time where the humidity is very high. The hot weather, the temperature is very high. We're inside in the air conditioning. Exactly. So outgoing outside uh, would make it, you're more prone to having these problems. So in those uh, settings, I would would certainly uh, say that you shouldn't be opening your windows. You shouldn't be going out in in the hot weather, in the humid weather, and try to protect yourself. Looking at many of those uh, environmental factors and leaving them to one side, for people who do have conditions, existing conditions, bronchitis and they have asthma, um, how exactly are those those disorders at risk of having further severe symptoms if they do come in contact with a viral respiratory infection? Yeah, it's a very important point. People do not realise that these viruses that come into the house especially would affect very adversely to patients who have asthma. And one of the major preventative messages which you, you discussed when we were talking just before the uh, the show was the idea of washing hands, which was such a there was such a big campaign around it, particularly during uh, well the, the main COVID years when we were locked down. But you still, and the medical advice still shows that is one of the main forms of prevention. Yes, you're right. Uh, this is still the best, and soap water is is the best way of cleaning the Just hands and water. soap and water. I mean, alcohol gels are also advised, but sometimes the access is not always easy for an alcohol gel. So the right uh, thing would be to have uh, uh, soap and water and clean the hands thoroughly and properly, especially in between the fingers and the nail bed areas. These are very important areas to cover. So that means you're not spreading the germs to your family, to your children, to your workmates, and this is a very important hygiene practice. The same with using uh, some handkerchief if you have a uh, uh, you know um, if you're sneezing or or if you're coughing because this droplet infection spreads around so these are important things to to prevent the uh, you know spread of the viral illnesses and they could be spreading in a very rapid way and 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 causes a big expenditure to the health care of these patients because they sometimes have to be off work as we discussed they have to be admitted into the hospital so it's it's a big health uh, cost involved if you don't uh, prevent these viral illnesses happening it's great advice and it's ironic mm. where we live that there is such a, a big vitamin d uh, mm. deficiency in the population given given the sun we have but looking at many of those present preventative measures 
What's really being done to create awareness within the Gulf region? What are the awareness campaigns to ensure that we are still, if needed, wearing masks, we're washing our hands and we are taking the time away to isolate when we do have those initial symptoms? What's currently being done so the public have the awareness of this? Yes, I mean, I have taken some initiative myself on my own with my hospital, King's College Hospital, and we had recently done a patient awareness event. I think these events should be taken up by more centres around UAE, but I have also met officials in the DHA and they're very keen to take things forward, especially the vaccination campaign is just about to be started. So I think there, there is more awareness now than before and this awareness would help change the whole complexion of the respiratory diseases and how it affects our, our population. Doctor, for someone who's suffering from those initial symptoms, how do they know that it may progress to a viral respiratory infection? Yeah, it's a very important question because people have to understand, uh, you know, how the viral illness presents. It's, it's like, um, you know, they start to develop fever. A fever is a very important, um, you know, um, uh, symptom. One has to not ignore that. If they're having a fever, either they have a bacterial infection or a viral uh, infection, and that has to be worked out. The second thing is that they develop uh, sort of malaise, lethargy. They develop uh, nasal symptoms, um, congestion in the nose. They would have throaty symptoms. Uh, they would have uh, weakness, uh, fatigue. Um, sometimes they have chills, you know, they could have a fever with chills and that does worry people. And the same with that they're off food and not eating well. Um, children can have some um, gastrointestinal symptoms as well. But the main important thing again is the cough. They can sometimes be short of breath as well. Um, and the nasal symptoms and, 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 and the fever. So the chills are very important if they're having chills, and that does suggest that. that and do those symptoms differ between a viral respiratory infection and perhaps one that may be bacterial? Uh, it is sometimes difficult to differentiate the two, but, um, you know, common things are common. And again, the viral illnesses and the flu are more prevalent, more common than the bacterial infection. And as I touched earlier, that the viral illness could then develop a bacterial illness or be followed by a bacterial illness. The two things can be uh, coincidentally so present so it's, as it, well. It, it causes for even more concern that when you have mm. those initial symptoms yeah. Yeah. of what could be a viral respiratory infection, sure. um, to seek rest and also to seek your healthcare provider. Yes, you're right. It is important to seek the uh, advice of a healthcare person to look at what exactly is the reason for a fever. And from the hospital, as I explained, we can do nasal swabs, which could clarify it's influenza A or influenza B, influenza A being more prevalent in UAE. Then we can do even COVID swaps we can do, and we can do other uh, viral uh, checks as well. It is sometimes difficult to differentiate, but there are ways we can differentiate that, especially the blood tests are also very helpful. The CBC, the full blood count, the white cell count would be raised. The C-reactive protein, which is a marker infection, all these things would point the clinician towards more a bacterial illness as opposed to viral illness. Doctor, you spoke about the prevalence of asthma in the region. For anyone who does have a, a respiratory disease like asthma, what are the guidelines and what are the best ways of handling the condition to minimise the risks? Yeah, I think it's a very broad topic to cover in a short time, but I would certainly want to uh, convey this message as we got this opportunity that people who have a chronic cough or persistent cough and it's unexplained, they're getting breathlessness, they're getting wheezing, they're having difficulty to sleep at night and chest tightness. If these symptoms are there, you need to see a clinician like myself or any other colleagues or family medicine doctors as well and get things checked up. So in the clinics, we have certain checks we can do 
some blood tests. We have uh, markers, exhaled nitric oxide measurements we can do, and we can do spirometry and various other tests, blood tests as well. So these tests are like jigsaw pieces in a in a picture, and we put them together to see the whole picture. And if the diagnosis is asthma or cough variant asthma, then usually uh, uh, inhaled corticosteroid uh, with a combination of uh, long-acting beta agonist inhalers are given. There's trend towards using more of these now than before in the newer international guidelines. The reason is that it prevents the disease getting worse. Now, sometimes there is a myth about inhaled corticosteroids. Now, this is very important to clarify here. That the inhaled corticosteroids are not the same as tablet form of steroid. They are not metabolically absorbed in the same way as the tablet is. So there is no weight gain and no other uh, problems that the steroid tablets bring. But the asthma is an allergic condition. As I explained, the, the, the dust particles and the dust can cause an allergic reaction in the airways and inflammation in the airways. And it would not settle without the use of inhaled corticosteroid. So it's a very important part of the treatment. So that's about the nebulizer. Then we talk about the prevention. I did talk about it. That's if you're going out in a stormy day, you have to wear masks. And the mask could be an N95 mask, which prevents any small particles of dust going through into your airways. Well, well, just on that, so that's a good point. None of these really trendy masks that you see that, that people want to have with designs yeah. on them, your, yeah. their guidelines are yeah. an N95 mask. Yeah, the mask which can prevent the smallest particle because the dust particles are very small in size. They will penetrate through the surgical mask that we are now using. So, so if somebody has asthma and an allergy against dust, then they should be wearing that kind of mask if they have to go out on a day which is uh, the, the air quality is is showing that there is a high amount of dust or there is a dust storm outside. So that's a good preventative measure for asthmatic patient. The same with, I've talked about the vents cleaning every six months of the air conditioning. The same goal, because these are measures I've seen in patients when they've adapted it, they, their quality of life did improve. The same with, um, you know, the air filters, the HEPA filters. Yes, yeah, see, I, I have an air filter. Now, what is the guidelines? Is it just a, a fad or, or do they actually have a... Uh, a legitimate reason to work? Well, sometimes, you know, it, it takes a lot of research and, and, and publication work to get into the guidelines. But it comes to the, the, the sometimes have to be looked at the, the best practice that is available. So a lot of my patients, I do advise who have dust allergy and they are on treatment and not getting better. These three things I would definitely advise, including a HEPA filter in their living area in the area they're sleeping in. Because I have one in my own office where I, I do my clinic and I see that the light changes when there's dust in this room and when there's the dust has been filtered out by these, these small filters, then ch- the color changes. So this is definitely the, the dust load in the room, inside environment, inside the home environment can be could be made better by considering these kind of adaptations, which include HEPA filter or air filter. Doctor, it's great to hear your insights and your experience and your passion for the topic. But just one final point. Again, remind everyone, what are the current health guidelines and the recommendations for anyone living in the Gulf region to be able to maintain good health to prevent the risk of viral respiratory infections? Yeah, again, this question comes a lot of times in my clinic. My patient says, look, I'm having recurrent infection, recurrent viral illnesses. What do I do, doc? How do I prevent it? So it starts with very basic, uh, good diet, good healthy lifestyle, um, a decent amount of vitamins to take supplements uh, if necessary. But 
these are things you can do to help improve your body immunity but when it comes to the spread of infections we've covered on this uh, discussion earlier that good hand hygiene of cleaning the hands is still a very pivotal role in stopping prevention the same with having uh, either a handkerchief or or preventing the droplet spread out so from a coughing into the elbow Yeah, yeah, it's better than 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 letting it out just in the open because you know the droplet can travel long distances once you've coughed it or sneezed it. So these are simple measures that one can adopt. And 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 if you have fever, then to at least take one to two day of resting at home to try and have this prevented from from spreading to other colleagues. So hand washing. I've talked about. We talked about you know, not letting the droplets go around where you are working or where you're sitting. the same with, uh, with with having a vaccine is a very important one in these particular cases that i've talked about people who are asthmatic people who are diabetic people who have got cardiac uh, illnesses or people who have who are above 65 these are all the vulnerable group of patients who will have more chances of getting viral illnesses and if they have vaccine there is certain amount of protection they get out of it so again consider that talk to your doctors or your clinicians you are being looked after about these measures but what we can do ourselves is very important that we can all contribute to stopping the prevention of infections from nurseries into the house and from the house to the workplace and the workplace to the whole community so there's a major role we all can play well doctor i think you do highlight that we're all responsible we can all do little bits each day to help with those preventative measures so thank you very much once again for coming in uh, for sharing your experience about viral respiratory infections and how we can prevent them across the gulf region and the uae Thank you very much it's a pleasure being here with you today and being able to talk on the subjects that are very near to my heart thank you for providing the opportunity if you would like to learn more about respiratory infections or find out more about this podcast series please visit www.golfnews.com/no-plan-go i'm lockland kitchen thank you very much for your time and i look forward to your company on the next episode of the golf news podcast series no plan go protect yourself from respiratory infections in association with Pfizer. Learn more at www.golfnews.com/no-plan-go. No Plan Go is a golf news podcast series in association with Pfizer.